Good day. Welcome here to Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kenton. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? Very good, Darren. Now, of course, uh, this is the second consecutive day myself and Neve have been talking to each other, but we get to that at the moment. We have a busy show here today. Coming up, as we told you last week, Mead versus Dublin, part two of 2022. A big game nonetheless to see who will advance to the Leinster final. We'll also be looking ahead to the Ulster Senior Football semi-final between Donegal and Cavan. And a couple of big talking points, especially a young Cork footballer making history in Australia later in the year. We're not going to Crow Park. All that to come and more. Before we kick off the show, as I mentioned, it's the second consecutive day myself and Neve have been talking to each other because we were on the third half together reviewing our man against Mon and we'll get to in a moment. But just in case you didn't hear that and you follow us here regularly in Sports Stance Football, of course, you'll be aware now of the tragedy that took place in Neve's Club Maharakun last week with young Ava Byrne. And we did pay tribute to her on the third half, but Neve. I didn't want to start off this show and not acknowledge um, Ava as well. A great young sports person taken away from us so cruelly, so young. And even though it's the second time we're talking about this, it won't get any easier anytime soon. No, definitely not, Darren. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's not even a week yet since it happened. But yeah, a very, very um, tragic situation and a very, a very sad thing on, on obviously her family, first and foremost, um, Gary, Olivia um, and her brothers, Oshin. Uh, Keelan and baby Gary Og and our little sister Sersha, very, very hard on the family and, and our grandparents and aunts and uncles. And obviously then her, her young friends, her young teammates, schoolmates and the many sporting clubs that she was involved with, or sporting teams she was involved with, all of them were you know, d- deeply affected by it. And obviously, you know, for their young ages, they haven't um, you know, dealt with death much and it's very hard on them for someone so close, that they were so close to and such a friend um, to lose their, such a tragic way. David's family and I said it personally not on behalf of Sports Dads last night um, obviously all the team are feeling your pain and our thoughts are with you but on personal front like I just can't imagine what you're going through uh, we're thinking of you I'm thinking of you and as I mentioned already we have paid tribute to Ava on the third half this week so if you're a patron here listening to this show just check out the third half it's in the middle segment of the show where we talk more about Ava but yes she and may she rest in peace Neve, we were on the third half together to talk about Armagh against Monaghan. Um, look, now a good day at the office for Monaghan, a great day at the office for Armagh as well. And again, uh, for followers here at Sports Stats Football, they want to hear us talking about Armagh and Monaghan as well. Check that out as well. We've three nominees for Player of the Match. Uh, votes from our patron followers at the moment with Caroline O'Hanlon ahead, but that's actually until this afternoon, Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock, so you can get in there and vote as well. Uh, and even when we were analysing the game last week, we get a bit of a mix-up between a couple of players. Yeah, yes, Darren. Uh, maybe we have an error in, in the identical twins of the Garland, Garland twins. Um, I was describing uh, Lauren, but I called her Amy. So I just want to edit the fact that I, or correct the fact that it's Lauren Garland I was uh, speaking about when I said she'd done a market job on all these players and I thought she might have deserved a shout for the team of the league. So I just want to correct that. It's Lauren Garland, not Amy Garland, I meant to say. So thanks for that, Darren. <laughs> well, we're fans of both Garlands here anyway, so whether it's Lauren or Amy, it's immaterial at times, but and Eve did say to me, actually, she wants to correct that herself, but Lauren and Amy, I have no doubt there's going to be better days for Monaghan leading into the summer as well. Um, a b- bad day at the office for them on the field to play. Armagh 521, Monaghan 5 points. Check the third half for our analysis on that game. Neve, we talk about some of the other games that took place and coming up uh, over the course of the show. Of course, we've our two featured matches later on, but we're going to start off with news and big news for coming out of Cork over the last 24 hours or so. Erica O'Shea is not 
going to be playing for Cork this year. She's not going to be in Ireland because she has a wonderful opportunity to head down to Australia. Yeah, that's right, Darren. Uh, the the young, as you said, uh, she's making a wee bit of history too. She's the youngest girl um, to ever go for, go from Ireland over to AFL, only 19 years of age. Um, you know, I suppose she, she feels it's a big opportunity. There was a lot of rumours about it um, a couple of months back that she'd been in, in possible talks with a couple of clubs and uh, I suppose the, the announcement, I think the announcement as to what club she's going to is maybe coming out later in the week or closer to the weekend. But having said that, she's going, um, as we do know, the AFL season is starting a wee bit earlier now. And, you know, obviously she's a, um, you know, she hasn't played the sport before and the, the, the club she's going to want her over um, before the end of the month uh, to start uh, our pre-season training with her. So, yeah, big opportunity, but a big, a big, big loss for, for Cork football. Yeah, and um, even there I was reading some of the articles in the local papers as well in the Irish Examiner as it came out too. But um, like you forget how young Eric is, like you're only 19 years of age. We've been talking about her so much, but like it's a wonderful journey she's been on from being dropped from another 16 squad to working her way back, winning an all-star, and now getting this chance as well. From what we understand, North Melbourne Kangaroos or St. Kilda are the two favourites. And she hasn't gone on the record. Nobody in Australia has gone on the record yet as well. But um I think she's right. Give it a go. Like she's going to continue her college work down there from what I'm told. And Shane Renane has um, giving her the support too, but also as a person to make sure there's people there close to her as well, because it's a big daunting. It's daunting for anyone to make a big move, let alone when you're so young going down under to a professional sport. But um, as much as come Cork people are probably giving out about me at the moment, this is an opportunity for her that might not come up again. Yeah, well, that's that's it exactly, Darren. Um, you know, I suppose, you know, times have changed a lot. I suppose, firstly, I mean, I suppose Cora Stoughton has paved the way for for people to go, or for the LGFA or ladies footballers to go to to um, Australia and try out the AFL, and I suppose like in Cora's situation, she was a little bit older. You know, she'd won her all her all Irelands and all stars with, and she'd very successful with her, with her county in Mayo. Um, and I suppose she got the opportunity, which maybe not everyone will, to do to to you know to to go play play AFL um, at an older age. Um, I suppose these younger girls now and, you know, the ones that's gone have that, are that bit younger now and maybe are fearful that they won't get the opportunity when they get to an older age. So I suppose you're right. Like, she's right to go. She is very, very young and it is a big, as you said, you know, it's not as if she's gone over to England. It's going to Australia. It's a very long journey away. But, you know, and you'd hope that she, you know, gets the, I know the, the AFL family or support groups are very, very good over there and I hope she gets well looked after. And, you know, that proves the type of person that Shane Ronan is you know, that he's already looking out for, even though I'm sure he's disappointed that he's losing her, but he's, he's already, you know, making sure that she's going to be comfortable enough in, in making the move. Don't get me wrong, just if it's sounding like, I think going to AFL is a great move away from football. Personally, I'd rather see her here playing for Cork and competing for All-Ireland Championships. But I suppose the point of making it is a professional sport. And like when we've looked at the players that have gone down there over the last couple of years, older as they were, and you've mentioned Cora, but now like we've Ailish Considine, who I can actually can announce is going to be a guest in the curtain raiser here in Sports Stars this week with her sister Emer. Um, Orla O'Dwyer becoming an all Australian, it opens up the door. And we've seen the success. Uh, and I know there's, there's stories too of not, of not working out for a lot of people as well. But, you know, it's an opportunity where. Verica goes now, and I'm just throwing this out here, and you give me your thoughts uh, on this, Neve. Verica goes now. If it works out for her, she's set up a professional career for probably 20 years. Like she's 21 years younger than Cora. If it doesn't work out, 
she can come home and she's still a good 10 years to play for Cork. But what I like about this as much as anything else, and it goes to show what we've learned now about technology, about the opportunities there. She's a student in New Well. She played in the third level competitions this year. She will be continuing her college course in Australia. So a thumbs up to you well first for allowing her to do that as well. It's not as though she's ignoring her education, which at the end of the day, for me personally, is the most important thing out of everything that you have your education because that's what's going to be there for you um, when football or Australian football, whatever the case may be, is over in years to come. Yeah, that's it. That's it exactly, Darren. And I suppose, you know, as you said it there, you know, she like, and again, that's, that's you know, much as we mightn't, uh, we we are sorry to see any girls going, any of the LGBT ladies footballers going down under to play AFL. They really have really great support um, support groups in in place, and you know, they're, to allow her to you know to continue her studies. And that's again, as you said, you know, um, well done to UL as well. But you know, the, the fact that the way things have gone, and I suppose maybe it's because of COVID that you know the the, the online systems are so in place now that the, she can study. Know, study and study well and do her exams all online and, and from Australia. So that's suppose it's a, a big a big step forward in in you know education, I suppose. But um it just is a massive move. And as you said, I suppose that's the other thing. She's right to try it. You know, she's young as you said, but she's right to give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, you know, she can come back, openly come back into the into the Cork setup and try it again when she's a wee bit older. Because maybe, you know, it's a long way from home and maybe she might be homesick or maybe maybe she'd be be hundred percent. But she She's right to try it and, and give it the opportunity and, and see how, how she goes. Yeah, because you look at Cork here and um, we were planning to preview Waterford and Cork this week, but I'll get to that rant later on. Um, like if Sai O'Leary taking the year out to go travelling, Darren Emer Kylie taking the year out to go travelling, like they're not doing any different really to what Eric O'Shea is doing here, but she's actually having to go to another career. But I think into when we had Ashley McCarthy on the Fair Green, when she made the move to the West Coast Eagles, she also did it in mind of her career and I don't know what way the visa situations are at the moment, and especially with the expansion of the AFL, but these Irish players have been able to work down in Australia. It's against their visa, but you can get work experience. So I'm, I don't know what Eric is thinking down the line, but she'd also have the opportunity to gain work experience and study college down there too. So do you know what? It is, there's one angle to say it, it's a sign of AFL poaching our players again and this, that, and the other. But the other side, look, you have to look at this as a person as well because Eric O'Shea has a career outside of football that she'll want to build on down the line. And there is opportunities down there. And she, uh, she's doing absolutely no different to the three I mentioned. And there's plenty of players around the country that are taking gap years in various different counties. We've touched on some of them already in previous episodes of the show. For someone so young, I think this is a very, very smart move. I'm just talking for Eric O'Shea now, not for Cork, not for whatever club she goes to, for Eric O'Shea. I think it's a smart move. Do it now. See you again. If it doesn't work out, you can always come home. Yeah, that's that's it exactly, Darren. And, you know, she, she I suppose, and, and the other side of it is it's not, you know, it's not every player gets the opportunity, you know, young or old. Not everyone gets the opportunity at this age. Like, I mean, uh, you know, she's, at the moment, she, she's the only one we know of that's that's got, you know, and she's, as we said already, she's the youngest girl that's left, that's the potential to leave Ireland um, um, on, on this, um, with the AFL. So she's very, very young, but she's right. She's 100% right to take it. Um, you know, some people might feel that, oh, you know, win your All-Ireland with your county. You know, she hasn't got an All-Ireland medal, obviously, and you know, win your All-Ireland and then then go. But you might get the opportunity then. And also, you could be here for 10 years and not win the All-Ireland, or you might never win it. So I, I, I think she's, you're, you said it there, you know, for the education point of view, 
but also for you know to try it it's it's you know everyone should try stuff new and i mean get out of your comfort zone and try stuff and i mean suppose um if you know if if you know it's, the opportunities weren't there when we were when i was younger but i mean the if they were there, you know, you never know what way your life could pan out. Would you imagine that you would have gone if the opportunity was there? Um, well, funny, I only lately, um, Darren, have been talking about, and regrets I would have is that I didn't, I never went in a J1. I was probably, I probably was a bit of a home board, but equally, I was so committed to Monaghan and Maraclude football that I just never wanted to leave. And there was a lot of barren years in, in both club and county, you know, back in, in you know, after we sort of the mid, mid zeros um, and, I didn't go on a J1 or I didn't go traveling. That's probably some regret now that I didn't do it because, you know, I, I said, oh God, I better stay, you know, stay with Martin, stay, stay committed to it. And I probably have a regret that I didn't do it um, when I was younger. And, um, and that's why I fully back. I spoke to a couple of lads from the club there that's in Dubai at the moment. We're home for um, their cousin's wedding. And there I said the exact same thing. They're teaching in Dubai. And I just said the exact same thing then. You're so right. And there'll be people in the club men's club here in Maracloon they'll be very disappointed at them not coming home and you know helping the club but I think they're 100% right and I, equally I think Eric is you know the opportunities there take it because you never know you could God forbid get a you know as we said already we spoke um, you know life is so short and you know take the opportunities when you get them and I mean she could get a bad injury you know she could get something else could happen and you, know, you might never get the opportunity again so I think she's she's right as much as it's a loss to ladies football in, in, and to Cork football she's, she's dead she's dead right we covered AFL an awful lot in 2021 when the um, lockdown was on here as well. And we'll have to try and get Joanne doing. And I know she's back down in Australia again to come on with us one of the days and chat a few bits because it's going to get very interesting with the expansion of the season. But like I was looking there at the two potential clubs that Eric could go to, like North Melbourne. And this is me just speaking as a person, like it would be the pick for me because they're a higher team. But also you have Aileen Gilroy there. But now there's rumours linking Aileen Gilroy with Hawthorne as well as a lot of trades are going to take place over the next while. One person who's not a fan of AFLW and it's a person we like very much here and of course is Eamon Murray, the Mead manager. This is going to lead the conversation again with Ficky Wall. The hint that she's going to go later in the year. Uh, Ficky Wall has denied it, of course, that any deal has been made. But we do understand that conversations have taken place, whether it does happen or not. And um, when Erica going, like regards Vicky Wall, um, if she is going to go, Neve, you know, will she be allowed to wait until an All Ireland series comes to an end? Because no different to Eric O'Shea, they want her down there in June because she doesn't have experience of playing the game. You know, if Vicky Wall does agree at club, are they going to say wait till July or will they want her sooner? And could that conversation start and meet again? Yeah, that's the thing there. And I suppose, like, again, we go back to Cora, like, I suppose when Cora went, um, you know, she she probably had a very good situation. I suppose the AFL was small. AFLW at the time was wasn't as big. It wasn't as many clubs. Um, obviously she went to to, um, to Sydney, and I mean it. She made sure that in within her contract or whatever before she signed it that she was going to finish out club football. And obviously, Carnacon being such a successful club, that was going to bring her up to till at least December every year. Um, and she got that in. She got that set in stone that she wouldn't be expected to go out until before that. And I suppose she had. Um, different people helping her over here, showing her, you know, practicing and stuff. And, you know, Breed Stack had a similar situation, but she wasn't as much involved with, with a club. And obviously she'd retired from, from Cork. Um, the Dublin girls were the same when they, when they signed up. So I suppose, again, it's back to the AFLW was growing massively and there's more and more clubs happening. Um, and as a result, we're going to see more and more of this happening. And as you just said, how much are these Australian clubs going to allow the girls to come over when, 
it suits them. And even for the girls themselves, they want to get over. They want to make a good account of themselves. So they'll want to get out for preseason and, and get get to a situation where they're comfortable on the ball. And, you know, it's obviously it's a different game than, than our game. So they, they, have, they have a lot of practice and a lot of, um, I suppose, catching up to do to try and get to the level of some of their, their other players, I'm sure. And some of it to make big decisions. Like Orlo Dwyer made a big decision to go last year, but it paid off for her as well. And like she's done Ireland, Tipperary, and herself proud down there too. As I mentioned, we've Eilish Considine and Emer Considine on the curtain raiser this week. There'll be plenty to chat about AFL uh, with Eilish too. Two time winner after the Adelaide Crows won this year. But we leave it for now. Best of luck to Eric O'Shea. That's what I say. But I do hope I see you in a Cork jersey in the not so distant future. But we see how it all goes down there. One thing, Neve, we are going to look forward to is plenty of live action this year because it's been announced 14 live fixtures on TG Car, including Leinster football final on the 28th of May and then 13 games in the All-Ireland series, double headers just like it used to be before 2019 we're going to be very very busy (laughs) (laughs) we sure are Darren Uh, like I mean TG Car are just the gift that keeps giving aren't they really like I mean they're you know and you know not only the, the like uh, what to do for the ladies' football and what they've done for over 20 years now in, in promoting the sport, but across the board, they're just brilliant for Irish sport in general. Like, I mean, they cover so much games. I mean, even during the week there, there was under 20 matches off, uh, provincial men's matches on as well that, you know, you didn't even nearly know were on and next thing you just put on the station and you've got a match to watch in the, in the middle of the week. So they're just brilliant. Um, and the coverage, what to do, and I mean, the, the analysis, what they have, I mean, you've got two of uh, former greats uh, in Rena Buckley and Ronnie Bukla in analysis in on on analysis and obviously Michelle Ryan and I even saw I think Vicky Wall's gonna gonna um yeah. analyze some of the games too which is amazing too which is brilliant to think that she's gonna be it just goes to show how talented well, she is. Leaf. She did you know she did but like again as I said before last year to you in a conversation Vicky Wall is like she's probably the best footballer in the country at the moment but she's definitely the best ambassador because mm-hmm. she makes a mockery of this whole wrapping everyone up in cotton wool crack. Like she was there last year, came out doing that job, proud of her Irish language and still spearheaded a team player of the year to win in All-Ireland. Like it just goes to show, you know what I mean? Some of the, some of the messing that goes on at the moment with teams is ridiculous. Vicky Wall is proof of it. If you're focused on what you're doing and you know, you don't do anything to um, compromise the team, why not be able to do this? We had Hannah Tyrrell doing commentary recently too on on um, one of the matches in the streaming service and she still goes out and bangs in 2-9 for Dublin last week. You know what I mean? I've often found this cardology for management teams in regards wrapping players up in cotton wool. Vicky Wall is proof of the button there as well. She's probably part of that team. Sinead Finnegan, Nima Gallagher, I think are two others as well off the top right. of my head. But it just goes to show and like and having Vicky Wall there in particular, the current generation's player that's going to inspire people to watch ladies football and get young girls out playing football. That's exactly, Darren. And I think it, you said it in a nutshell. It's, it's, it's so brilliant that that's what, you know, that's what we see or like, I mean, it's, it's all, what, what's the saying about can't see, can't, uh, can't see, can't be, can't be, can't be, exactly. Can't see, can't be. And you just said it there. I mean, young players, young, young, you know, players obviously looking up to Vicky Wall as a footballer and then looking up that she can do analysis and, 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 and as you said, speak our, our, our language as well so, so fluently. And it's brilliant to see. And again, as I said, TG Carr, just amazing. Um, you know, it's just brilliant to think. And I mean, 14 matches, you know, it's free to air, you know, and there's so much stuff nowadays that's gone through the roof with, with you know, pricing and everything and everything you have to buy to get this, to see that, to see this. And I mean, our own, our own um, you know, it's free to air, it's global, 
you know, global audience. It can it can hit everyone, any no matter what part of the world you're in, you can watch the games. And it's just they're, they're just phenomenal. And just as I said, the gift that keeps giving. I can't wait for it. Um, as I say, 28th of May, the Leinster football final. Um, we'll know at least one of the finalists after this weekend. And then from the 11th of June, double headers every round of the group stages, two quarterfinals live, and one other bit as well, Neve confirmed. Um, Crow Park will host the All Ireland semi finals again. That's isn't that that's brilliant too, Darren. We had that in in 2019 now, is it? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, three years out of four, obviously. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the pandemic year, we know we the Cork Galway fiasco, but um, but last year too, as well. Hopefully, it's a sign that that's the yeah. norm now that all Ireland football semi finals are going to be in Crow Park as well as the All Ireland finals. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, and I mean, that's that's again, it's just more of the 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 building and the promotion of the game and it continues to help promoters. And I mean, you know, you know, you hope that it's, it's, it'll be big crowds again and, and, you know, it's just brilliant. It's, it's, it's good. And it said, TG Carher and in fairness, the LGFA are, are constantly um, making those strides. Brilliant work, everyone there. And we'll be doing plenty of work around that. We'll let you know that closer to the time, those live matches on television. Before we finish up the first segment, Neve, just a few bits to touch on. Um, we're just running through the provinces here very, very quickly. Uh, Claire beat Ross Common. We've talked about the Claire situation there already. Leitrim, a big victory against Sligo. Now, Sligo playing Claire Friday night to wrap up the Connacht round robin series, but it doesn't matter now. It's a Leitrim Ross Common final in the West. As is intermediate, yeah, that's of right. course. That's right, Darren. Um, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, the, the, look, we, we've talked already, but you know, Claire obviously won two from two, um, but they still were not going to be. Um, um, playing in the final, so yeah, a Leitrim was common final. Um, it's obviously met the first round and it was a bit of a shock in, in hand. So, yeah, you know, it's I suppose you'd be looking at Ross Common, they're finding a bit of form now, and you'd be looking at Ross Common probably winning that match. But it'll be a Leitrim will um, not certainly not lie down in front of them. Ross Common against Leitrim, double header with Galway against Mayo. That's the 15th of May in Tune Stadium, the uh, Connacht finals in Munster. Um, so time for rent. Yeah, I'd say you do. Uh, look, uh, I sent a tweet out there uh, yesterday. Um, I just don't think problems is Linster aside. I have to say, Ashley and Cleary knocks it out of the park every time she puts a, 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 her fingers to a typewriter or does anything in social media. But I mean, problems is not making not just our job easy, Neve, but also to keep ladies' football to the forefront uh, during this period. Like, look, great work being up promote minor under-16 finals, but I mean, we want people talking about matches as well. That's what we do here on Sports Stars. We have a big double header on Saturday. We talked about the hoo-ha and about the venue with Cork and Kerry and the men, Tipperary and Kerry, 3.30. But like, we were prepping to do Waterford and Cork. We wanted to tie in with Eric O'Shea. Now, it's been known in the camps, but I mean, how are you promoting the game if you're not letting it be known publicly like when when the games are on like you know Waterford to playing Cork on the 15th of May no doubt we'll talk about it next week but you know I was under the impression up until not long before we recorded the show that it was on this weekend and I'm sure I'm not the only person in the world who thought that as well and you're like for me Munster are particularly guilty in this occasion not promoting their senior championship well enough yes minor championships brilliant well done to everyone including Cork for winning the A competition down there there's a 12 goal thriller between Clare and Limerick as well but I mean if you want people talking about your competition if you want your competition to be considered relevant when the debate is out there the whole time or whether the provincial championships are outdated or not there's no talk about the Kerry Tipperary match and look it's great it's a double header and there's no Waterford Cork. When were, was that ever going to be announced? There's no until next week. 
<laughs> yeah, totally, Darren. I know we, we spoke about this all fair, and I'm glad you, you're getting a little bit more off your chest now. <laughs> on air. I don't present but the commodity yeah, show no, anymore, so all my fans now come out here in the football. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you're 100% right. Like, and we, we, as I said, we talked off air like at the fact that you know we thought this game was on. We were prepping for it to be on um, and to review it this week or tonight. And you know, we'll then find out um, that it's not. And you know, there's not, there's very little um, promotion of. And as you said, you know, the game that is on this weekend, we, you know, we have to only we know nearly from the men's game that it's a double header, and we know it's on this weekend. We wouldn't even know that it's it's really advertised, and it's it's you know, and it's I mean. We talk all the time about promotion and we blame, we, we play the blade game, but this lies with Monster Council and this situation. And I mean, the, whoever's involved in, in, in should be promoting it or whoever's, I mean, I'm sure the counties themselves are doing a little bit on their social media pages, but certainly Monster Council um, have to um, hold their hands up here and, and they're not, you know, and I mean, we're, we, have, we shouldn't have to go to find these things. We should have to be, you know, it should be just in our faces there that we know there's been promoted and, and, and happened um, this weekend and, and next weekend. And, you know, we had to go and actually sourced to see that it wasn't and that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, like at the end of the day, it's not our job to actually promote the game here. We're here to discuss the game and, and get people excited about it. It's on 3.30 in Porky Brain on Saturday. Kerry against Tipperary. Kerry League champions. Tipperary, no doubt, will put it up to them as well. Best of luck to both teams there. One competition that is exciting us is the Leinster Intermediate Football Championship. No more thrillers again at the weekend. Allowed beating Offaly by a point. The count clears without Offaly managed to survive. Uh, they're in the semi-final against Kildare. I think that's fixed for their centre of excellence on Sunday at two o'clock. I haven't actually checked uh, the venue. I don't the leash venue. The other game, Leash against Wexford, a repeat of last year's All Ireland football semi-final. And any other week, I suppose, if there wasn't senior matches on, we'd probably be looking at Leash and Wexford. Yeah, definitely, Darren. It, it, it's a really as as we've, we've talked on, on a few occasions. The, the Leinster Intermediate Championship was so competitive this year. There was, you know, it was really up until, as you said, until the last day that before we find out the semi-final pairings. Um, but it was really has been really really good, and you know um, some great displays from from teams. And you know someone you know there was a win on one team, and the following week they were losing. And you know as I said, it was really really good. Um, you know Leash and, and Wexford obviously uh, semi final uh, repeat of last year's semi final, and you know it will be a thriller. I suppose on Leash's form, you'd be thinking they're the team to win it, but you really don't know Wexford when you think they're they're down and out. They they, they pop up again with a performance and pull it out of the bag. So it'll be a very interesting game, no doubt. Yeah, I'm just having a quick skim here. I haven't seen a venue at the moment, but it is on Sunday at two o'clock in a leash venue. Hopefully be Omore Park, but we'll see what'll happen there. Uh, I said I was doing a run through the provinces, so Ulster. Um, we'll be talking about Donegal and Cavan later on. We know we've uh, intermediate and junior finals coming up the following week. What has happened to Derry? Um, like I know we knew Oren McNeely left there a couple of months ago as well, but like six nineteen to one three against Fermanagh. Fermanagh would have been favourites in the game, but that's a wicked margin. Yeah, it's back to what we said and we mentioned it last night in the third half, Darren. You know, these big big margins and um, big beatings that teams are getting. And I mean, this is junior level and really very disappointing for Derry. Like I saw Derry in a, in a league game against Carlo last year and it was a really, you know, it was, it was a good game. Um, you know, sorry, that was a championship last year. It was a championship game last year. And, you know, it was a, it was an end-to-end game and it, it went to the wire and you know, Derry have just fallen apart altogether. And I mean... Uh, from Anna, really good performance with Fermanagh and Emer Smith in particular scored 110, like so out of, out of 620. But yeah, it's it's a it's very worrying for Derry football at the moment. Yeah, like you think last year they beat Antrim in the uh, championship and they uh, drew, well, it went to extra time against Wicklow. And if there hadn't been that silly extra time rule in there, they probably would have met in the All Ireland semi final. But 
um, it just seems to be everything's undone up there. And it's a shame to see because I don't want to be looking at our ranking list, which is up on sports stars at the moment and seeing Derry at 31. You want to see them up there competing as well. But that was a massive blow. Hopefully their fortunes can get better come the summer. Finally, before we go, just need to want a quick shout out to all the under 14 teams, excuse me, in particular playing their All-Ireland semi-finals across four different uh, levels this weekend. Um, as I mentioned before, I've become a winner now. I've become a believer in this system as well. And we're at the business end of it now. The games are competitive. The counties are trying to win, but a great celebration of underage football this Saturday. Yeah, and like as we, we talked, we tipped on it before, Darren. Yeah, the Festival of Football has been you know, it has been a real winner at an under-14 level. And, you know, as you said, it's it's going to be all, you know, competitive finals or competitive semifinals overall, uh, the four grades um, this weekend. And, you know, we, we really look forward to um, who, who's going to be the winners. And, I mean, I suppose it's a sign of, it's great to see new teams. And, I mean, in particular, I'm, I'm looking at Down in Ulster. I'm, I'm delighted to see there in the gold um, on the 14 semifinals. I think it's brilliant. Like Down football has taken a wee bit of a dip over the years, especially at underage level. And to them in a, in a, you know, the 14 goal semi-final is, is a big, big result um, for them. And, and it's great to see for, was being a wee bit biased, but Ulster football, it's great to see that in, in down in doing that. Yeah, actually, is the platinum one, Neve. I just have it here in front of me, which is the top sorry, level. Sorry, I meant like, to say you know, platinum. I yeah, meant sorry, to say platinum, no, uh, Because I get, get confused well between my... the gold and the platinum, but they are playing Cork in uh, Rat League on Saturday at one forty-five. So, like, yeah. a, a county like, down with great traditions in football as well. We've seen them struggling both uh, male and female too. So hopefully fortunes are turning there as well with a crop of players coming through. We'll have all those fixtures up on our Sports Stars fixture list this week as well. Some great games around the country and uh, I think three games are on in uh, Rat League there so that could be the place to be now one of the venues Mead and Tipperary Kildare and Limerick all down for there in the gold semi-finals as well that's it for the first part of the show when we come back we're heading to Parnell Park next Saturday 7 o'clock yeah it's those two it's Mead against Dublin coming up shortly I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie so welcome back here to Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendon. Neve, we often be marking down what games we're going to cover every week, but I suppose it's appearing to be no <laughs> in advance. Whenever they get together these days, we're going to talk about them. Mead against Dublin. It's Mead's first championship match since winning the All-Ireland against a team they beat who have a game under their belt. Dublin looked very, very impressive last week against Westmead. Yeah, they certainly did, Darren. Um but, you know, I suppose it's back to what we said. You know, I suppose you have to look at the fact of, of who, who they were meeting. Um, unfortunately, Westmead's football at the moment is a wee bit of a low ebb. Um, and it was a real hammer match. You know, as you mentioned earlier, Hannah Terrell scored 2-9. Uh, Carla Rowe back to her best, uh, scoring 2-5, you know, and, and the great spread of scoring across um, all their um, all their players. But, yeah, uh, this will be... I suppose it's, it's, it was no real prep for them. Um, I'm sure they had to get off the... You know, sh- off the, the cobwebs of that loss to Donegal in the league semi-final the shock loss to that and they needed to take it out on someone and I suppose unfortunately for Westmead they were at the blunt of it Yeah it doesn't give me any pleasure to say this but let's call it spade a spade this is a dress rehearsal for the Leinster final isn't it? It really is Darren I mean it's no as you said no disrespect to Westmead but it really is it's, it's an opportunity of the, it's going to be one off of two more times potentially these teams will meet um, in in this in the championship or in in the, over the course of the next couple of months, so yeah, it, it'll be as you said a dress rehearsal, but it really will be a, an exciting encounter. It's their second time meeting this year, 
And even based on the point we just made there, you could effectively call it a dead rubber again. It's not officially because Westmead are still in this championship. We thought they were going to hold something back at the league. They held nothing back. What do you think they're going to do this Saturday night? Yeah, well, I think with, with all the, the hype and the talk about this match, Darren, I think it's just going to be the exact same. I think they're not going to hold anything back. Two teams are going to go for it. You know, it's a home game for Dublin. Um, you know, they want, they want to, you know, get back up to where the, you know, I suppose, obviously they, they, they won the, the league game, but, and then it was in Navin, but, you know, Dublin would want to get back up and win in ways, get, you know, get another another win over, another result over over Mead. And um, I think the two teams will definitely go hell for leather at it. Oh, we hope so too. And we're looking forward to it. Like even just looking at the playing personnel and of course, while well, it's Mead's first game in the championship, it was only five weeks ago that they played that league final against Donegal as well. So they won't be that rusty as such. I was going through the two teams, uh, comparing them to their championship teams last year with Mead. I think I have 13 of the starting 15 from the All-Ireland final started against Donegal in the league final. Megan Tyne and Kelsey Nesbitt who scored 1-1 in that game coming in for Orla Byrne and Brigida Lynch. Uh, for Dublin, I counted, I'm just doing it here again, I think I counted 10. Uh, but on the bench, you had Marta Byrne, who came on and scored a point. You have Sinead Hearn is injured, in fairness. Lindsay Davey, I can't remember if she came off the bench or not. I think she did. Um, Siobhan Killeen was there as well. Obviously, Siobhan McGrath has retired. Um you know, like Dublin weren't holding anything back. A few players got an opportunity against Westmead, but it was much of a muchness in regards to playing personnel. Yeah, it's very, very similar. I would the same look at it, uh, Darren. Very, very similar. And I suppose if you look at, at last week's Dublin team, most notably, there was a lot of changes from the Dublin game or from the Donegal semi-final. Um, and I suppose the big, big story was Sinead Goldrick and Lauren McGee um, coming in there because they, you know, obviously been away in Australia, they've come back and you know, Mick obviously wanted them to get some game time under the belt, and um, you know that's good for them to get the you know to run up. So I suppose you look back on last year. I know Sinead Gold picked up a big a big injury, but she started the final. That was her first start in, in the in the championship last year, and you know maybe she was a wee bit rusty. So I'm sure he wants her to get plenty of game time over the next um, you know running into the championship, run and he wants to get her a full game against Westmead. Yeah, and again, like Mick Bowen always has plenty of options to play with there as well. And there was debuts in that game, starting for Jess Tobin in cornerback and Sinead Wild in the corner forward while Ellen Gribben and Kate McDade came off the bench as well. Just looking at the Dublin defence first, and we'll go to Mead in a moment. Uh, Aoife Kane has been given the number six jersey. Neve Collins was back in the team. I think Leah Caffrey was holding the tree. Like, there's competition between those two for a spot, let alone, and of course, you can add Marta Byrne, who you'd imagine is going to get back to that team at some stage as well. Uh, number six jersey, Aoife Kane. Like she's played well anytime she's played for Dublin as well. Is she a number six or will a Siobhan Killeen come back in there at some stage or someone else? Yeah, I suppose, Darren, um, I suppose that the only thing that, that the holds probably is a wee bit against Aoife is maybe a little bit of height. You know, she she would struggle a wee bit, not struggle, but she doesn't seem to struggle, but I suppose height um, for an actual but then if you look at the flip side, Emma Troy hasn't got much height either in the, in the mid defence. But yeah, Aoife Kane has done really well. She's a good league campaign. Um, you know, and she, she well, I mean, she did well last week as well. But, um, you know, Neve Collins, as you mentioned there, um, was in the corner. But again, she's, she's you know, she's just such a, you know, and, and, and being named, obviously, her and Carla Rowe named this week as, as joint captains. And I mean, Neve Collins, that's, you know, it's it's very understandable that she's been named as as, as part of the captaincy because she is a real leader in in the defence and has been for a number of years for Dublin. And you know, whether she goes into the into the central role or even she, 
you know, she has the ability to pop out into a, into a more central, like into the centre back position. But they, they do have have loads of options, as we know. And um, you know, Martha Bourne, as you said, didn't come in, and and Sinead Goldrick back. And you know, this, when you look at across the board, they have so many options. You know, Lauren McGee um, last year or two years ago played as a wing half back as well, so she could pop back into the defence as well. If Collins will want the job, Caffrey will want the job, Emma Duggan is the job. But Lee O'Sullivan, you know, and we, we, we've praised her here, but I don't think she gets as, as much uh, uh, around other media. Like, Nebo Sullivan is delivering big performances the whole time as well. Like, you know, there's a lot for Mick Bowen to think about, about the matchups here in defence. And, of course, Partey is an option as well. Jess Tobin might get the nod too. Stacey Grimes was the player two years ago we were talking as the main name before the Wolves and the Duggans probably overtook her in regards to exposure as well. Like, so a lot to think about, especially for the defensive manager, which in this case is Mick Bowen. Definitely, Darren. Um, like the, you know, you just like if you look at any any you know any of the six forwards are starting for me, they, they're all going to can can have the potential to cause damage. You know, you mentioned Nebo Sullivan, um, you know, we she probably was that was her goal evidently won the final for them against Donegal, um, and like as I said, she has you said she's the potential to, to change a game. She clearly did in that match, and you know, by a girl that probably wasn't having a great match, and she still could pop up and get the vital score at vital stage. We saw her score three magnificent points in the All-Ireland last year. So she is this player. She didn't have a great um, against in the league game against him and now when she was taken off, she, you know, she, she, things didn't go well for her that day. But, you know, as you said, across the board, who's going to get the job of marking Emma Duggan? I mean, if you took away the team lined out last week, Sinead Goldrick is, is in the position to pick her up. But, um, it could be like it's just it's so hard to work out um, who could get the, the one-on-one job. It, it could be a role reversal where they have you know kind of roll different players on and off to try and you know I suppose keep the ticking kicking down to a minimum and you know keep the keep try and keep Emma Duggan to a minimum as well. It's the first time we're going to get a shotgun seeing wall against Dunn and McGee. We've talked about me ignoring them. We've talked about Dublin having to focus on their own game. And now we're working on the assumption that Vicky Wall plays in midfield. She'll definitely be in for the throw-in, but sure, we don't know if that's where she'll play. She, sure, Vicky can play anywhere. Um, what can have Jennifer Dunn and Lauren McGee? This like this obviously last week was their first time together again since the All Ireland final, so they have to rediscover that. But they know each other so well too. But if you were Dublin management now and you're looking at what way are you going to put these midfielders out, even if it's only um, thinking about further tests? in mind yeah well I think that that's true Darren I think there is going to be an element of I think they're, they're going to go for it but I think they're going to go for it in the sense that I think both management teams will go for it in the sense that go all out to win it but also like you know with a with a mind to learn and stuff and maybe it, if it means you know trying someone different into midfield if Vicky Wall lines out there or you know trying maybe a different partnership at midfield uh, you know as Sinead Goldrick could pop in at midfield as well Um uh, you know, Nicole Owens could come back and move into Carla Rowe. You know, there's a lot of Neve Hedderton. We, we we saw her play midfield, line up midfield before for Dublin as well. So, like, it could be an option where he he um, that we talk about Mick first. Mick Bowen puts out a, a, a maybe Jennifer and Lauren McGee, but also tries a few different players in to see how they'll contend with with it with the mid mid system, I suppose, and um, what kind of kickouts. Like, I mean, we we talked in in Lent last year how. Jennifer, like Maura Shockensee and Orla Lally just basically just ignored Jennifer Dunn and Lauren McGee. So this this is, I suppose, if you're looking at this year, they'll have to have a bit more of a better plan in place. Um, and as you said, 
you know, I think that he will try loads of different things to try and, and both managers will be capable of that where they'll try different things, see what, where, where it'll work out and, and look towards the final as well. When we talked for the All Ireland final last year, we were asking the question of what would uh, Maura Shockensy and Ora Lally, who probably play centre forwards at this game, could swap with Ficky Wall as well and go back to midfield, how they would handle Jennifer Dunn and Lauren McGee. And we suspected they would ignore them. And that's exactly what they did. The shoe's kind of on the other foot now because um, Jennifer Dunn and Lauren McGee looked unbeatable before the All Ireland final last year. And then they, you know, were exposed is the wrong word, but I mean, a new. Act stepped up and have done it in big games as we've seen in the league since. Um, like, will Mick Bowen be thinking much about, he'll probably be thinking about Vicky Wall, definitely, but he should be thinking about Maura Shockensy, who's just as influential on this team as well. How much thought will he be putting into this? Or will, will he want his players to express themselves and maybe look at that again at the Leinster final or down the line? Yeah, I think I think he might want his players more to express themselves. I think, you know, he, he'll certainly want, don't, he won't want to talk up another, you know, a, a, a loss to me, then he won't go out with any by any means to just to I don't mean throw the game, but you know, he he want to go out to win it. But equally he'll want to he'll have, you know, he'll have all his best people around him analyzing the positions, analyzing the one on ones, you know, trying, okay, if that doesn't work, if someone's having an off day, let's try such a one on on, you know, like for example, you know, as I said already, you know, bringing, you know, bringing someone in to do an actual market job in Morris Shockensy. You know that that actually, you know, runs with her and stays with her. Because we said last year they didn't. It was it was an element of just forgetting about them. But or you know, that nobody picked more shocked up, and she ended up being that link player that was so pivotal um, with the mid in the mid win. Uh, probably in the the league game this year, you know, Maura's role. She probably just didn't have as as good a game as we can we can prove she had. And obviously her mistake at the end ended up the the, the winning point for. She took it out. She took it out. Mayo in the semi final then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Like, so you'll have these situations where you know they can, there can be loads of options. And I think as we, you know, you sit down to try and analyze this game, and you know, even and throw the curveball of Dublin's team last week and and, and the team they played against Donegal. It just has changed so much. So many different options across the board. Um, probably Meads' options positionally are, are are very. There are definitely positions there, but I suppose they don't have a massive amount. We talked about this already. They've got definitely players that can come in, um, but I suppose come in to completely change the game, they don't necessarily have. Where Dublin have that, I feel. And I think that that's what Mick Bohan will, will go out to do, to, to go out and uh, play play a team, but also change it up to see who we can get to, you know, have plan Bs in place to pick up certain players if someone's having an off day. Eamon Murray did try to introduce players into his team during the league and obviously the successful league. Uh, Kelsey Nesbitt, of course, at the Great League final scoring 1-1-2, but we've seen Avon Lee going up to the attack. It looks like she's back in defence now as well. Indeed, the 1-7 are the same 1-7 as last year that we'd expect. Maybe the, the switches of um, Emma Troy coming out to the 40, maybe Shauna Innes dropping back. Um, he has options with what way he shuffles the deck, but the deck is pretty much the same hand he had last year. Yeah, that's the thing, Darren. And you know, we talked about he did. He certainly used different players in in the league, um. But he still has come back to you know he's come back to 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 the old reliable, I suppose, in the sense, um, you know, Orla Duff is, has been named in 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 the league final as well, and she didn't really feature. Uh, she came on late in the game as well. So, well, she's someone that you know, she picked up a big injury last year and, and wasn't part of the panel, but she just doesn't seem to be you know breaking breaking uh, breaking into the team and, and, and getting a you know grabbing a, a starting jersey for herself. Um but it is pretty much the same thing. 
I suppose like why change a winning habit? Um, and and I mean when you've got those players, it's you know able to do it for them. You know why change it too much? But you know that's the worrying thing for them when it comes down to it and the, the pressure's on, or you pick up a um and and knock, someone picks up a knock, or someone picks up um you know uh, having a uh, having an off day, which I know it's it's been they've been few and far between for some players. Um, this is where where it could come down to it, and you'd feel that Dublin just have a little bit more options at the moment. I hope we get the matchup between Emma Troy and Carla Rowe uh, because it'll answer questions about central positions. Like we used to Carla playing in the wing before and we used to Emma last year playing a corner back, but Emma has been consistent at six this year and has done re- very, very well. Carla's back in the shake-up too. She got 2-5 against Westmead, but now the captain, joint captain with Neve Collins, but she played at centre forward the last day too. Um, it's a matchup I hope happens because I think both managers will learn an awful lot by those two getting together and see how they get on. Yeah, that's that's been the one standard matchup that um you'd be looking at and and, and as you said, hope happens. Um it, it would be such an intriguing battle, Darren. You feel um as you mentioned, Carla, you know, obviously um for her, you know, many years of service and, and in deserving joint captain along with Neve Collins and um, being announced this week. And you know, she she has done so much for for you know, and has, has pulled up and I have so many hobbles over the years and She's that go-to player that has, you know, has really, um, you know, stepped up when, when questions have been asked. Um, and she's, she's, you know, as, as I said, she she didn't play much in the league, didn't feature too much in the league because she had an injury. Um, didn't play with, with DCU in the Connor Cup. And you might question um, if, if she was playing that maybe the, the results in that semi-final could have been different. Um, but she's back now, you know, scored 2-5 last week, is, is injury-free, which is great to see with players. And I mean, this battle with Emma Troy, it's it's going to be a really intriguing battle because it's funny, like, even though they're, they're you know, one's a defender, one's a forward, they play similar kind of roles because we talk about Emma Troy is that player that, you know, pops up and, and, and you know, starts to help build the attack for me. And equally, Carla Rowe is that player that gets scores for Dublin, but she can come back and get in a vital hand and a vital tackle at vital stages and come back. So it, it certainly be, um, I, as we, we talked, we, we really hope that is the battle that happens or that matchup that happens and it'll be an intriguing one at that and it'll be too, I think it's too close to call to see who would win that battle in the, in, in, and we won't know until Saturday evening, Darren. Yeah, I think Eamon Murray would learn more from the battle if it happens because as you made a good point there with Emma Troy pushing forward as well, you know, it's, it's a dangerous game to play when you're up against Carla Rowe. And now, look, you have the Avian Clearies that can slot in there, you can the Sean Ennis's that can slot in there, you know, they can move things around as well, but we don't want Emma Troy to lose her attacking dynamic and we haven't seen it so far in the league, but she hasn't faced Carla Rowe yet. Yeah, no, definitely not. And I mean, I suppose that's, that's back to like, you know, Emma Troy was, was doing that from a cornerback position last year and you know, and, and very, um, very influentially as well. But, you know, in this central role, um, as you said, you know, there would be the fear, like, geez, if you've seen, if you're in the back of the day, if you had a centre back that was spending the whole time up the field, you'd be worried about the big hole that, that's left in front of, in particular, this situation in front of Hannah Terrell. Um, but equally, you know, mid-system, you know, she can afford to do that and, and still have, have the bodies back. And I suppose when she goes, she knows she can go and, and as you said, have the cover behind her. But, you know, it, it, she has to be, you know, for Emma, she has to definitely be on song and, and I mean, not leave any space in front of Hannah Tyrrell because it'll leave Mary Kate Lynch's job um, very, very difficult if Hannah gets space in front of her. And that was actually where I was coming to Hannah Tyrrell as well. Like, she normally plays full forward, though we've seen her out in the wing. That's where she got her roles there. Um, do you see Hannah Tyrrell, you kind of have answered there, I suppose. Do you see Hannah Tyrrell as the full forward going up against Mary Kate? 
I do, Darren. Yeah, I definitely do. And I think, again, you know, there's a bit of an aerial difference there um, in, you know, Hannah probably has a, has a couple of inches on Mary Kate. And I just think that that will be, they'll, they'll might try and, and, you know, expose that situation and, and, and get high ball into to Hannah. You know, she's got good hands, uh, obviously scored 2-9 against Westmead, um, you know, opposition aside, um, you know, she still scored 2-9 and she still has a scoring boots on and I think she scored like four or five from freeze as well. So, yeah, that's she's probably the key player if 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 Dublin can get enough ball into her, um, and I just think that, you know, it's again, it's you know, I suppose it's like what we what I always say about about Mead to try and beat Mead's system. It's about moving the ball fast, and at times Donegal did it in the league final. And I'm sure Mick Bowen will have well analysed um, what Donegal what worked well for Donegal in that final, and he'll try and take some of that into into his game in that moving the ball fast and getting the ball into the danger people. Um, fast will, will certainly pay dividends to Dublin if I want to ask you a question about that at the moment but I do we just talked about Emma Troy there and the importance for her Kira Trant this is an important game for her isn't it? Massively important Darren uh, you know God like you know we, the, the, we've looked at her um, over the over the, co- the course of the, the last couple of years I suppose and you know as much as she's been um, you know a key player for, for Dublin at times um, equally she's made some really big blunders, I suppose. And when the pressure gets on, she, she is inclined to, um, you know, kickouts don't go where she wants them. She gets, when the pressure comes on, to sometimes go over the line. They don't go to the players she wants. Like, obviously, Emma Duggan's um, infamous goal last year, it, it obviously, it, it came from a mistake from Kira Trant. Um, so a few against Donegal, or, yeah, against Donegal in the league semi-final as well. So she needs to have a big match. Um, I'm sure she realises that there probably is a wee bit of pressure on her and, um, you know, she needs to be her her kickouts need to be on on song on Sunday because I mean Mead will eat that up if if they if they you know if Mead feel that she's getting they're putting pressure on and she's struggling with her kickouts or she hesitant with her kickouts they will just you know they'll they'll smell blood I suppose and they'll really go for it then and and, and put more more and more pressure on and really push up on the kickout. I don't think there's any doubt that these two are going to tear at each other. It was an interesting stat I wanted to put to you before we do predictions. Um, in the Pen and the Ball one magazine this week, there was a statistical an analysis of uh, Meade's final against Donegal. And Donegal had 39 attacks in the game, which is not bad when you only played for 45 minutes. But, you know, they got an awful lot of scoring opportunities in that game that probably didn't stand out at times because Meade at the start and then Donegal came back before Meade got the uh, crucial second goal. Like, if they give D- Dublin 39 attacks, and I know there's only one point between them in the match in the league, but if they're coughing up chances like that, and they weren't coughing them up against Mayo now, it has to be said, I'd love to see the stats for that. I'd say it's much less. Like, Eamon Murray might be bringing the old guard back into defence, but I mean, they'll have to be much sharper than that. Definitely, Darren. God, I I, I didn't actually see them stats. But 28 yeah, versus 39. We only 28 attacks, only goal 39. I was shocked when I saw yeah. it. Like, and I'm just looking, like, I mean, what did it finish? Scored 2-8. They kicked 5-6. Yeah, kicked 8 or 9 wides. Donegal kicked I can't remember how many shots they had out of the 39 attacks, but it was 39 mm. attacks. Yeah, it's um, definitely, oh God, bloody hell, if they give Dublin even um, a, a four or the third of that, they'll, they'll certainly um, eat them up. And as I said, I mean, you know, Dublin's... Uh, you know, attacking prowess last week was obviously very strong and I mean, a, a great return from their forwards and, and their subs that came in. But they'll definitely, um, if they give me, if we give them that much, much chances and that much uh, ball with inside the, inside the scoring area, they'll definitely um, 
they'll definitely do damage with it, as he said, and uh, they'll have to be much better at that. And I'm sure they've worked on that, as you said. It's what a, it's a, a month since the game, so they'll have a lot of work to to, to build on that. I'm sure their uh, Meads management team and their their backroom and their decisions have have saw have seen that and have, have worked on it over the last couple of weeks. It's another big battle between the two eastern rivals. Like, and again, uh, and and we don't mean any disrespect to Westmead. I have a funny feeling these two teams have marked down the game in Crow Park two weeks later, but. You know, Dublin have to avoid a hammer and they're in the final already. But if Mead win, you know, you'd imagine they're in the final as well. The question is, Neve, who's going to win this particular game in Parnell Park on Saturday night? Yeah, funny, Darren. Um, I, I, uh, it's, it's, I suppose, as I said, I, I said at the outset that, you know, I think the both teams are going to go for it. And I think that, um, you know, they're, they're not going to spare it and there's not going to be like, you know, standing back. The both teams want to get the win. They won't be looking at two weeks' time necessarily. Um, so on that front, I just, I think Dublin actually might win it. Um, not for any major reason. I don't think there's going to be much in it, but I just feel that, you know, Dublin are probably a little bit sick of hearing all the talk about Mead. Uh, you know, Mead will probably maybe go into the game as favourites, even though Dublin have already beaten them this year already. Um, you know, okay, I know Mead are league champions, but, you know, Dublin should have been in that league final. I mean, only for a, a, a rush of blood to the head, which I'm sure, not rush of blood to the head, but a, Massive mistake, and maybe it is a rush of blood. Complete malfunction for, for a minute. Complete malfunction, Darren is right. And, you know, and they, they would have been in that league final, and we would have been looking at them and talking, analyzing that game um, ahead of this one. So I just think the Dublin, um, you know, as I said, got the cobwebs knocked off last week. And me, they've been sitting, probably celebrating, and, and had their presentation night there two weeks ago as well. And um, even though I, I know that there was, it was, um, was no, there was training the next morning. There was no alcohol at it. So, I mean, they're, they're certainly being business, but, you know, they had their presentation, maybe the eyes off the ball a wee bit and the look at, at uh, I just think Dublin might just have a little bit extra this weekend. The home game for them, um, with the home crowd and everything. And I expect a big crowd at the game. And as I mentioned last week, the Leinster under 16A final is on between the same two sides, is on before it's a double header. And, you know, I think that'll be a really interesting match as well. And I think um, it, it could be um, a double win for Dublin. Be a great crowd there, I've no doubt as well. I'm going to go for Dublin solely in the fact that Mead have overtaken them in the Sports Stars football rankings, which are announced this week. Mead now number one on 77.91 points, Dublin on 77.60. That could hop a few times between those two before the end of the year. That's it for the second part of the show. Mead against Dublin, seven o'clock Saturday night in Parnell Park. That is the Leinster Senior Football Championship. When we come back for the final segment, we are going to Ulster and the Ulster Senior Football Semi Final taking place on Sunday between Donegal and Kevin. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Football. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Neve Kendland. St. Chenwick's Park in Clonus, 1.45 on Sunday. Doubleheader with their male counterparts, but we're focusing on the first game of those two, Donegal against Kevin. Um, Neve, Donegal will be favourites. They're expected to make the final. Um, but when we were talking about games last week, you fancy this one to be much closer than the other game. And I suppose based on the results, you were proven right. Um, what are you expecting from this game on Sunday? Yeah, I, I do. And even more, I sat down and looked at it, um, Darren. Uh, I, I really think it, it can be, has the potential to be much, a much closer match and much more competitive. I probably was a bit, a bit dismissive of, of Calvin maybe uh, in the third half yesterday, but I, I think that the... the you can definitely put up this, put this match up to, um, put a match up to Donegal. Um, you know they obviously met last year in the championship, and, and Donegal 
ran out winners eventually 616 to 217, which was a very high score match. Um, but you know, Cavan Cavan was in that match for long periods. Um, you know, they played a kind of a running game, um, and you know, it, Donegal kind of struggled with it. Um, and like Cavan have uh, definitely have players that can can cause can cause trouble for for Donegal. I feel, and uh, I, I, as I said, I think it's I. You know, I think it's it's going to be a much closer game than than um, than the other ones. Certainly than the other semi final. Kevin first, it's a big year for Jerry Moan. It's year two, and look, they were disappointing in the league. There's no way of getting around it. Like you know, they had to um, get past Tyrone in um, in a well, it was effectively a relegation semi final. It was a, a a standard group match as well. But they did put in a big performance, three eleven to one twelve. Um, a lot of experienced names there from last year, but I suppose the one name that's going to be imagined about coming into this game, and I'm none the wiser, I don't know if you are, but we've talked about Australia, we've talked about the season coming forward, Ashley Sheridan, like, she's going to be back in Australia, you'd imagine, uh, for the start of that campaign as well, but she's a big, like, regards the loss for a county, Ashley Sheridan, the loss for Cavan is massive. Yeah, she really is, Darren. I mean, now she could be in Clonus. I, I don't know, but you, you, you'd, you'd fear she won't be. Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, I'm, like yourself, I'm not privy to, to know if she is back in, in the country or not. But, uh, you know, because I've obviously been with the, the two Dublin girls back already. You'd feel that if, if she was coming back, maybe she would be back already, back or some word of her being back. But, yeah, uh, yeah, she is a massive loss. I mean, Darren, she is their, their go-to player. She has... You know, so many great attributes. Obviously, you know her strength, able to win her own ball, um, and her, her scoring prowess as well. And I mean, she she would be, you know, Donegal would really have would struggle to contend with her. You'd feel, um, if she was available. But I suppose, um, Jerry Moan and 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 his and his players, like and his panel, will will you know have to prepare without her and and look to this game and and feel that they have can definitely put it up to Donegal um on Sunday on Saturday Sunday. Sunday. They do have attacking threats. Geraldine Sheridan, of course, is the probably key person there now. 2-3, she got that game against Tyrone. Laura McFeezy's been pushed back up the field from defence to attack. She put centre forward the last day. Uh, Mona Sheridan was back around the middle of the park with Nasa Bird. Uh, you have Neve Keenan there as well. Geraldine Smith. Amy Rooney looks like she's broken into the starting team there as well and deserving based on her form too. Like we look at the other end of the pitch at the moment because we all know about the Donegal attack, but regards Kevin, like, you know, these players have to turn it on because while Donegal have good defenders and we think they're getting better we do know they can be vulnerable we definitely do Darren and, and we, we, we've seen it um, so yeah like I mean as you, you said that, that there's definitely players that can that can get scores I mean they scored uh, 3.30 in the league I think yeah 3.30 in the league in the three matches um, and I suppose uh, you know good enough spread of scoring as you mentioned Amy Rooney like I mean we saw her against Monaghan that day and her free taking was top class like in that, in that game against Monaghan um, Geraldine Sherrod I mean the, the definitely appears Lauren McFeely I, I think is a, is a great a great find and a great uh, introduction to the forwards by moving around the defence I think she's been you know has, has done really well and you know again they can what I, what I liked about Calvin uh, when, when they're on form they can score you know points from distance and you know they, they're not afraid to shoot and I think that's an important thing to do Especially against the Donegal side, that are quite, you know, get a lot of bodies back. If 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 Cavan can sort of shoot from outside the zone, or not outside the zone, but outside without having to walk the ball in, they, they can definitely get vital scores that they'll need. And um, you know, that's the, if if they can find those holes and, and and you know not be afraid to take shots on, they can definitely um, get scores they need. 
Charlene Sheridan against Evelyn McGinley is one of the matchups I'm really, really looking forward to as well here if it happens. And uh, it'll be a good test for Evelyn McGinley as well for later tests down the line, pending what way the form goes. Lauren McFeety, as we just mentioned, they're up against Nicole McLaughlin. Um, again, that's one that both Jerry Moan and Maxie Kern are going to learn an awful lot about. Definitely, Darren. And I mean, there's, there's so many, um, you know, uh, potential of so many different matchups as well. And I mean, that is that is one. I mean, again, as we mentioned, you know, strong player, Lauren. And I mean, uh, you know, uh, Nicole has, has had a really good year for, for um, a really good year for Donegal and obviously um, followed through in, in her in her um you know, she's followed through her, her year and, and, and um, she's capped. No, sorry, um, Nicole McLaughlin. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely good matchups there, Darren. And I mean, it has the potential to be a great match. And I mean, I suppose the only thing that could come against Calvin last competitive match was the 6th of March. And I mean, you know, you can't beat being playing competitive matches. That's a long time to just be relying on challenge matches and stuff. And um, that, that could be the only thing that could go against some of these players because, it, you know, it's, it's hard to beat championship football. And I mean, Obviously, in the flip side to that, Donegal only played, um, you know, the tenth of April, so it's a it's a bit of a month of of competitive football ahead of them. And that's why Kevin people won't like the question I'm going to ask next, because we asked the same question about our man last week when we previewed that game. Like we've talked about, like we know how good the Donegal attack are when they click. You know, when you look at the names there in front, Blonnie McLaughlin, Nee McLaughlin, Shelley Tuig, I know she could drop back to midfield as well. Yvonne Bonner is back. Karen Guthrie, as we discovered a bit of form, met the team of the league. Geraldine McLaughlin is no better on when she's on form. But they didn't do it against me for 15 minutes. They got back into the game, yes. And we know they definitely showed something this year um, in the league campaign, but... If they're all Ireland contenders, they have got to be ruthless and put down this cabin team. And, you know, if you're a Donegal supporter, if you don't see a big score being put in this Ulster semi-final, there'll be question marks going forward. Definitely, Darren. And I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the games over the weekend, uh, any team that has, you know, potential for, for you know, going forward in the All-Ireland, in the Dublins and the Armas, uh, you can see what kind of intent they showed and what kind of stamp they put on their, on their intentions this year. And if Donegal, as we we, we know and should, uh, be a team to, to contend with and be be a team that's up there um, to, to, with the potential to win the All-Ireland, they have to show that to Calvin. As you said, you know, it's, it's hard for Calvin to hear that, but that, that's what you feel. And I feel if, if Donegal don't, don't win it by a big margin, nearly, you know, you'd worry about them going forward. And I mean, as, as you said, you don't want to be disrespectful to Calvin, but you just feel that, that, you know, that Donegal have to prove this and put up this point. And, you know, you'd feel that the hangover of, of losing, and we talked about this before, of losing that league final to them and being so close and the, the ifs and buts of, of, you know, little decisions, little millimetres of things, if, if decisions are made a wee bit differently, if players made decisions a wee bit differently, um, they may have been, been league champions. So they'll have to, uh, you know, sort of got through that and this will be their sort of knocking off the cobwebs now of, of getting over this game and, and getting over that league final loss and getting into an Ulster final where they want to be. Now, they won't have it all their own way. Like Rachel Doon and Shauna Lynch, the full back line, Sinead Green and Laura Fitzpatrick in the half back line. Like they're quality defenders as well. And no doubt Jerry will have a plan when you look at uh, Nee McLaughlin in particular and her influence as captain of the team. But like that inside line of Yvonne Bonner, Karen Guthrie, Jordy McLaughlin. I know, and you commented before, tactically they've maneuvered them around a little bit too. But like, 
Maxi 2022 strikes me is that he's not going to abandon any any plan of one or two goals and he's full confidence they can, they can get this right before, before the business ends of the championship too. Will they go line out to a team the same way they did in the league final? And secondly, what can Cavan do to stop them? Yeah, well, I, I would feel that if he, if he, you know, if he wants to, you know, get a plan in place and, and go into a championship match with, with, with you know, continuing the form, I suppose, they had in the league, he'll, he'll try and keep it as, as close as possible, and, like, with the exception if he's any, any niggles picked up, any injuries over the last couple of weeks, and they'll probably will be club football in, in the space, in, but in the space of time, and I know there has been in Calvin as well, so if there's any injuries picked up, um, but I think he'll try and keep it as close as possible as, as, as their, their championship team. Um, you know, as we know, he, he has options off the bench and um, which is, 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 I suppose, is very important too. But you feel that he's going to keep it close enough. Um, you know, and, and for Calvin, they have to be, you know, they'll have to try and, uh, you know, really stop the supply. It's the old saying again. I mean, if, if the likes of, of Yvonne and Karen and Geraldine get fast, quick ball in, they will cause damage. So, so Calvin will have to be, you know, out around the middle of the field and the forwards, you know, when, when they lose possession, we straight into defence. And a bit like, you know, Armagh last week against Martin, their forwards have to work like, you know, work really hard and be really um, tenacious in their tackling to try and help the turnover ball and, and turnover kickouts from Ocean McCaffrey and put pressure on. Because we do know, you know, Donegal goes short with their kickouts. That's the opportunity for Calvin to try and turn over ball at that situation. And that's why the six forwards and the, and the midfield in particular have to work you know, tirelessly to try and turn over ball. Um, and that's where you feel your Calvin could, could, could cause trouble for, for, for Donegal. But equally, you know, if, if Donegal get that fast, quick ball in, I mean, that, that full forward line, that trio can do loads of damage. Yeah, and as you mentioned the midfield as well, before we go to predictions, even though I think we know where we were both going in this, but um, if it's Mona Sheridan and Nessa Bird for Calvin, like Katie Hearn will be... Uh, opposite the men away. It could be Roshi Rogers, it could be someone else beside her. But I mean, uh, needless to say, they have to win it. But how, whatever about getting the, the inside players, and we've talked about the names, we'll be dealing with them. But obviously, if you want to cut out the supply, you have to cut out Katie Heron. Um, is that cabin duo good enough to do that job? Yeah, that's that's the thing, Garen. And I mean, you know, we've talked at length before about Katie Heron's influence for Donegal. And I mean, she is. You know, she is there, uh, like she's the, the Karen O'Hanlon nearly of Donegal. She, she, you know, she really get makes them tick and she, she gets the right ball. She's the one that, you know, sets up attacks and, and you know, she, she covers so much ground as well uh, across the, you know, she does so much work across the board as well. So, yeah, she, she's going to have maybe, maybe like the, the Mona Sheridan coming out into, into the midfield position. Maybe she is someone that could do, you know, actually do, a, I suppose, a marking job on, on Katie Heron and, and trying to curtail that influence she can have um, on the game but equally you know you don't want to completely lose her um, out of what the what influence she can have for Calvin so it is it's a tough one for, for Jerry Moan to, to try and uh, you know move his chess pieces to try and get the, the right the right blend in place and I suppose you know it, it's a it could be a baptism of fire for them in a sense that uh, you might try a few things and they mightn't work and the, and the game could just go away wall and go away from them and it'll be hard for them to, to try and pull it back out of it. But, you know, as I said, I, I felt from the outset, I feel Calvin can put it up to them. But the, the, um, I just still just think for, for Donegal, they need to put a big performance in and, and to get the win and, and, and go towards the final. 
Yeah, I think it's safe to say none of us think we're going to be anywhere near a 30-point margin that we saw last week in either of the two games that took place. And certainly if Cabin can get the job done here, it will bring Spark the senior championship into life anyway after a very flat opening opening round. Though I'd say Mead and Dublin will do a bit of that themselves on Saturday night. Uh, the question is, I think we're both going Donegal, but what margin is a good win for Donegal? Or what deficit is a good deficit for Cavan? Yeah, well, I suppose, uh, like, it's, it's like what we, what we said. I mean, any team, like Donegal probably won't get any praise for winning the game. And that's probably harsh. And again, it was, it's, you know, it's probably harsh on Cavan by saying that. But, um, you know, Donegal, I think, would, for, for them to, to, to have a, a, you know, a, a genuine say on, on the championship this year, they want to be winning by 10 plus points. And I think probably if Calvin can, you know, keep it under that, I think it's a good result for Calvin, to be honest. Um, you know, we, we talked at the final, the last meeting last year was what, 11 points, 34, 23, 11 points of a difference in the game last year. And I mean, as I said, that game was, you know, it, it, it in fairness to Calvin, they probably ran out a bit of steam, but they certainly, um, you know, put it up to Donegal for, for, for long periods of the game. Um, but I suppose we haven't seen Calvin were in a better, in a better position last year. We saw that a good league campaign and they didn't have as good a year this year. And, you know, for that reason, um, you know, that reason, I'm definitely going for Donegal. But I think anything under 10 points for Calvin would, would be a good result for them. And I think for Donegal's point of view, they have to be going 10 plus points. It's a game both teams need to perform. And uh, St. Junix Park in Clonus, the place to be. Uh, Donegal against Cavan. That's at 1.45 on Sunday. The winners will face Armagh in the final. That is it for Sports Stars Football. It's been a bumper one. I'm just looking at the clock there. So I said we better wrap it up. We've been to Australia, to TG Carr, Leinster and Ulster. And we're looking forward to doing it all again next week. We, myself and me, will be together in the third half again next week. Uh, looking at beating Dublin in particular clear and who knows me we could be looking at Kevin if they pull off the results but a lot to happen in the meantime keep an eye on sports stars uh, for all fixtures and results and such and don't forget join us with the curtain raiser this week it's a football show we've Village Considine we've Emer Considine and before we wrap up Neve, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this out loud but we might have a Dublin player as well that'll be great as you said Darren everyone should be tuning in and keep our keep uh plugging the shows that we're, we're doing and uh, yeah we look forward to hearing the hearing the, the curtain raiser this week and those of you here on the Patreon what you call you're already with us as well tell your friends as well we are cranking it up slowly but surely and no doubt Saturday night in Panel Park we might up with another notch or two hope you enjoyed the show I'm Darren Kelly this was Sports Stars Football I'd like to thank my partner in crime one last time Neve Kendlin thank you Darren <laughs>